everybody. Boo. <laughs> Boo. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hi. And I'm Sabrina. And I'm sitting on a very creaky chair. Perfect for the ghost stories, but awful for recordings. I know. So if you hear a creaky chair, it's not a ghost, it's me. Before we get in the stories, we wanted to say thank you to our Patreon donors for the month of August. So thank you to our mamas and papas of the BEK. Thank you to Kimberly and Connor. And then thank you to our good luck black cat, Sarah. Okay, let's jump into it. I have a spooky story. It is from Mac. It's called The Heroic Ghost of Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. Hey, guys. I just wanted to say that I love your podcast. I listen to it every week, and it's something I enjoy during the slow moments at my current job where I work as an EMT slash security officer in 12-hour shifts as I study to become a legal investigation specialist and paralegal. Damn. Thank you. Doing stuff seriously i figured i'd share one of the many odd experiences in my lifetime this one's from 2014 when i worked as a d3 parentheses unarmed but detention and de-escalation technique certified security officer in seattle it was a time ago and i know many of our many of your listeners may not fit my profile but i hope you don't begrudge a male military veteran listening to your show lol absolutely uh, no we wouldn't ever no, in fact, we need more listeners like you. Yeah, and thank you for everything you've thank done. You. Okay, after I left the Army, I got a job working high-end security at a shopping center in downtown Seattle. It was a chaotic position. By chaotic, I mean I received a stab wound, what? hearing loss from gunfire, PTSD from innumerable situations, dealt with homicides Whoa. and suicides, and performing CPR nearly 50 times and first aid over 100 times, all while working a single year as a mall cop. One year? One what? year. What? Seattle. High, by high end, I mean that a single instance of theft regarding two items maybe amounted to around $12,000 in loss. Whoa. Yikes, that's pricey. I don't shop yeah. at those places. That's like what I make in a year. <laughs> I was engaged at the time, my fiance carrying my child, the man who trained me, who I'll call Marcus Aurelius, as he taught me stoicism, and he became my best friend. Marcus was a proper man, a former soldier in Iraq and Afghanistan, where he'd earned several honors. He was a workaholic, and he taught me everything I knew and know. When my daughter died at three months old, he no. bought me drinks, and he held me as I bawled. Oh, my gosh. When I was stabbed during a protest, he wrapped my leg in gauze and traveled with me to the hospital. Whoa. If I had a question after I was promoted, his phone was always on. And when I dealt with an overdose that resulted in an 18-year-old boy dying in my arms, even though it was his weekend off, he came in and he helped with everything. Whoa. He was, in fact, my best friend. And I would not be here if it were not for that warrior. Oh, my gosh. He used to call me Napoleon since I am rather short, measuring barely five foot five. But since I have earned an, a reputation as a bit of a brawler when push comes to shove, and he relished my irritation at the nom de guerre. About a month after my daughter died and a week after I received word that my mother had died. Oh, my God. I was at work when myself and Marcus received separate calls. As a trained and certified EMT, I was directed to a medical emergency and 
he to a shoplift in progress. My case took a brief time, maybe 20 minutes, as I performed first aid and paramedics arrived shortly. After I finished up, a hasty call came over the radio. 7-8, Marcus's call sign. Code 2, stairwell 4, code 2. Code 2 is the radio code designated as any and all available personnel, I need assistance. Obviously, I immediately responded. Unarmed, I could only draw my taser as I entered the stairwell, but I immediately knew that something wasn't okay. I could smell the tin scent of blood. One floor down, I found my friend, Marcus, dead. Several stab wounds to his front, staining his white uniform shirt red, and there was nothing I could do as he'd taken several stab injuries to the abdomen and two more to the chest, one hitting his heart. The subjects he had been chasing were long gone, and to this day, they haven't been caught, to my knowledge. Oh, no. I fell down a deep hole that day. My daughter and mother had died, my fiancé left me, and my best friend was just murdered. I'm sure you can imagine the pain that I felt. But that wasn't the end of this tale. About a month after this, I was performing a routine restroom check on the second-level men's latrine. As I did so, my radio squawked. In that moment, an apparently startled subject in the stall dropped the red pen cap to his needle, the kind that is used for a heroin injection, and I immediately slammed my fist on the door, calling my name, security, come on out. In an instant, the door swung open, replaced with a knife, jutting right (sighs) towards me. Instinctively, I grabbed the subject's wrist, and he was about 90 pounds my better and far stronger. Somehow, I managed to squeeze into my radio, code 2, L2MENS8080, being my call sign. As I desperately tried to redirect the steel blade aimed right at my heart. In about five seconds, a second hand wearing the distinctive uniform of our security agency grabbed the subject's hand, and together with my security (sighs) officer, I managed to pin and cuff the subject. I turned and came face to face with Marcus. Oh my gosh. With the adrenaline pumping, I wasn't even phased, completely clueless as Marcus grimmed at me. God damn it, Napoleon, he said teasingly. I was so high on adrenaline that I didn't even grasp that I was looking at a dead man. And I glanced Whoa. back to my subject, pushing him down as he struggled to rise, and then back to the other guy, my partner. The man I just realized I'd seen dead not four weeks before, who was gone. Wow. Where'd the other guy go? The man who just attempted to kill me asked. And I had no answer, but his question told me that I wasn't hallucinating. After the police came and took him away, I checked the security footage. Sure enough, the CCTV showed no one exiting or entering at that point. I and my attempted murderer were the only ones in the restroom. The dead man who saved my life was nowhere to be seen. I apologize for a somewhat depressing tale, but I figured that this story, which I've told no one else to this day, may interest you. I have a few other stories, but this one was the most, shall we say, odd. Keep up the good work and stay spooky. Cheers, Mac. Wow. Oh. I, Mac, I am, first of all, so sorry for everything you've had to experience. But also, like, holy shit, you were a badass. Yeah. (laughs) What a tough job. The amount that he's experienced, both in the military and just in his job now, it's incredible. And to think that he still is, like, on that path and 
is studying to do legal investigation and be a paralegal. It's just like he just continues to help people. It's so amazing. Right. Wow. But I guess he had a great role model, too, in his friend Marcus. I mean, to be saved by him, too, is just like so remarkable. And he's he's his guardian now. Marcus is his guardian. Totally. He guided him through this life, gave him so much advice, was always there for him, and that won't change in the afterlife. No. I bet Marcus is looking out for everybody that is at that mall working that job, too. I know. Sounds like a really dangerous one. Wow. That's so crazy, and I can totally picture, like, just the adrenaline, and you see this person, but you don't have time to process it. Right. Because your body is taken over, your instinct is taken over, and you're trying to fight for your life at this moment. So you're not I know. you're not stopping to say, Oh my gosh. That was a ghost. But the fact that the the guy, the perpetrator, stopped and said, Where is the guy? Right, because it, yeah. So crazy. It must have just been so clear that he came out of nowhere and then just disappeared into thin air again. Yeah. Wow. I have a story. Okay. This is from Nikki, and it's called, well, I won't tell you what it's called because I don't give anything away. She says, here's a quick encounter for you gals. I was hanging out with my friend today, just exchanging ghost stories, as you do, and she told me about her boyfriend's haunted house. I hope I do this story justice because I just had to tell it. For privacy, we will call him Josh. They had a psychic come in and tell them that there is a teenage boy's spirit in their bathroom who views Josh's mom as a mother figure and has latched on ever since. Josh would hear footsteps around the house constantly and sometimes even hear footsteps running towards him and then stop abruptly. But here's the scary part. One night, his sister was home alone watching TV on the couch when she heard footsteps coming down the steps. She called out something like, fuck off, back to your bathroom and suddenly felt pressure around her neck. She felt like she was being choked and could feel someone on top of her, but there was no one there. Even though she swears she was trying to push them off, it stopped after a few seconds. But there was no one there, even though she swears she was trying to push them off. It stopped after a few seconds, but I can't even imagine how scary that would be. PSA, do not provoke the ghosts. Stay spooky, Nikki. Uh. (laughs) Also just... It's so, I mean, it's happened to me plenty of times, but it still scares the crap out of me to think like that you just yell out thinking that someone that you know was present. And then that initial feeling when you realize that it's, it's not who you thought it was. No one's actually there who's alive and living. Although it sounds like, it sounds like in this story, the girl knew it was the ghost coming down the stairs. And that's why she said, go back to your bathroom. And the ghost was like, hell no, I'm coming after you. Don't you dare talk to me that way. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I was kind of thinking in my mind, though, I was thinking that initially she had thought that maybe it was someone else. But yeah, you're right. By the way, she said it. Yeah, she was like, get out of here. How daring is she? I know. Well, it's so I'm concerned if this ghost is violent in, in a situation just like this, what happens if Josh's family wants to move and in this ghost is so attached to his mother. Like, what will he do? I mean, I guess you could just travel with him. But what if he's stuck in the house? Like, what happened? That's scary. It is scary. I wouldn't want to provoke the ghost. Me Or either. whatever it is. It seems like it's a ghost, hopefully. Just like a 
I wonder what the history of the house is. Right. The teenage boy in their bathroom. Hmm. All right, what do you got next? This is called, Is the Monster from Jeepers Creepers Real? And it's from Marie. Dear Sabrina and Corinne, first off, I want to say I absolutely love your podcast. I'm still pretty far behind. I just came up on episode 50 because if we're being honest, I'm technologically challenged and didn't really understand what a podcast was. <laughs> but after some investigating and embarrassing questions to my friends, I realized that it was something I'm definitely into. And therefore, I found you guys and I'm so glad hey. I did. I listen we to your podcast too. while I'm at work. I work alone in a bakery at night. And let me tell you, Ooh. these spooky stories keep me on my toes and always moving around out of fear. No cookies will burn or demons will attack if I keep moving, right? <laughs> what a cool job. So cool. So what are we here to talk about? All things spooky and interesting. I grew up in a little crappy town in the no- northmost point of New Jersey called Montauk. I know Montag. Montag? It's not crappy. <laughs> she goes, it's cool if you haven't heard of it. No one ever has. <laughs> hey, I've heard of it, girl. And we grew up in a house that was haunted as fuck. <laughs> Our whole life was full of spooky, hard-to-explain events. Me, my sister, and my mom were especially targets for these events, among other things, such as massive deja vu, being able to know something would happen seconds before it actually happened, Whoa. seeing ghosts and spirits, and on my part, being able to astral project. Somewhere around 19, my mother casually said, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, the women on my side of the family are mostly psychic and clairvoyant. Well, mom, thanks for the heads up. After 19 <laughs> years of me just thinking that the kids at school were incredibly stupid for not being able to tell the future. Honestly, that's a very special gift. I absolutely love, too, that instead of thinking like, what's wrong with me? I'm different. She was like, <laughs> you guys are dumb. Like, why don't you know this? <laughs> I know. That's so great. That's the best version. <laughs> yeah, that's how it should be. Anyway, between my psychic mother and very spiritually inclined father, also able to hold seances, talk to ghosts, call spirits, and kind of into dark magic and doing spells, etc., by the time my sister, brother, and I came around, we were just tiny toddlers full of spirituality and understood things way beyond our age and mental capacities of normal children. Also, I'm sorry I'm running on, but this is the first of probably many emails that I'll send you about strange things that happened. Love it. Encourage it. Encourage it. The following is something that happened one night to me and my sister when I was 18 and she was 19. It still scares us to talk about because it was an out-of-the-blue experience and we still don't know what it was. We were being good daughters and visiting my mother one night at work and bringing her coffee, Duncan, till the day I die. Heck yes. And she worked overnights at a local store that was open 24-7. We brought her coffee talked for a little while, and then we decided to get going because it was getting very late. It was roughly 3 a.m. by the time that we got out to the parking lot to the store, and I was driving my sister in the passenger seat, and the Frozen soundtrack was blaring on the radio. <laughs> let it go, let it go. Amazing. I got onto the ramp and on the highway that was basically deserted at this hour and merged into the left lane and kicked it up to 80 miles per hour like a speed demon that I am. Hmm. Now, this highway was very well lit. It had streetlights roughly every 100 feet, and there is never a dark spot for the two miles that we were on until our exit. 
driving as fast as I could to get home, I look ahead in the road and I see a shadow swoop in front of the car. My sister gasped from the passenger seat and I couldn't believe my eyes and what I'd just seen. This is literally the most terrifying shadow I can describe. Think of a dragon. It was tremendous. The body itself was probably like seven feet tall. The wingspan roughly 50 to 20 feet. And it had a fucking scary ass dragon tail. It was pure black and it was flying. We were the only ones on the road and we were prey. Is this the New Jersey devil? I don't. I think so. We were prey that realized something terrifying. This is the shadow, which means the fucking demon monster dragon from hell is flying above my car somewhere in between the streetlight and the roof of my car, creating this shadow. It's within (gasps) 10 feet of us from above. Then the shadow backtracked behind us, turned around and hovered, keeping pace right in front of the car. No, It was flying at roughly 80 miles per hour and having an easy time doing it. I took my eyes off of the road while still doing 80, and I made eye contact with my sister and said, whatever you do, do not look up. And we agreed if we didn't look up and didn't challenge this monster, maybe it would leave us alone. My stomach, high chills. This is so scary. This is so terrifying. My stomach filled with dread as I realized we were in real life danger. Like, we might not both survive danger. I literally punched it in my car took our exit at roughly 95 miles per hour. Oh, my Our God. accident was the least of our worries at this point and completely hauled us home in dead silence. Elsa sings kindly in the background about finding happiness with our sister <laughs> while me and my sister are narrowly escaping death. Oh, the irony. <laughs> we get home, park the car, walk into our house, still refusing to look up, lock the door, turn to each other, and simultaneously say, what the fuck was that thing? <laughs> we both agreed whatever it was, It wasn't natural, and it wanted to hurt us. We thought that it was more likely the monster from Jeepers Creepers because (laughs) we couldn't think of anything else that flies. But either way, that was the last time we were on that road at 3 a.m. If either of us are caught out late, we either leave by 2 or bunker down until 4 because none (laughs) of us are going out to meet with the hell dragon again at the witching hour. Keep up the good work and stay spooky. See you on the other side, Marie. Um, it's for sure the New Jersey Devil. Yeah, totally. You just saw, you and your sister, witness the New Jersey Devil for yourselves. Oh, God, I have, like, chills thinking about it. That's terrifying. Also, to realize that it's the shadow, like, that it's coming from above Yeah. <sighs> That's, like, one Imagine of those things where, like, the sunroof, I just, like, hold the little shade and just slowly turn the shade, shut it so you can't see above so you can't see it although i'd rather see it to know that to know where it is and follow it and track it otherwise then you don't know where it is and then you're like just waiting for it to pop out of nowhere right but at the same time i do understand it was like don't look up don't make eye contact with it don't acknowledge its presence because what if that is like it taking it as a challenge right well i'm you guys clearly did the right thing and you survived yes Leia's purring so loudly in my lap. Oh. All right, what do you have to end us with? Yes, okay. I have a story from Allie, and it's paranormal encounters in New England. 
Hey guys, I'm a new listener and I'm so happy you guys take listener stories. I was recently listening to your Skinwalkers episode and totally got spooked and my paranormal senses skyrocketed. Some might call it paranoia, but we can make believe it's still a special skill. Ever since I was a kid, I've had some strange experiences. I'm from Massachusetts and I've always been interested in witchcraft, ghosts, and the occult. In fact, even as an infant, my Polish grandparents referred to me as the pagan child. And from a young age, it seemed like there was not a night where something strange would happen and my mom would have to come into my room to turn off all of the lights. In fact, there are pictures of my old bedroom and my bed, which had to be facing the wall because I would see strange apparitions that would make me fearful of falling asleep. These are things I've grown up with and I've just learned to accept as normal nightly occurrences, but as I got older, they intensified. Around high school, just as any angsty art kid did, they did some digging into new and unusual religions and occult happenings. Now, just for reference, I had always had an interest in witchcraft and I had even gotten my first spell book from a notorious witch from a Salem shop when I was in third grade and experienced no negative or harmful spirits as a result of interest in Wicca or witchcraft. But now, as an adult researching into Satanism and the dark occult, strange things started happening. I had a constant feeling of being watched or could sense the presence around me. Things would move, I would hear noises as if someone else was walking around my house and attic, but no one would be home. In addition to the noises, the movement, and the apparitions, I would always wake up at the same time every single morning, 3.33 a.m., for absolutely no reason. At this time, my pet hamster had developed a tumor, and I knew his days were limited. But one night, at around 3 a.m., I woke up and turned over in my bed to face my hamster's cage. But that view was blocked by a black mass. It was in front of my hamster's cage, and it was a faceless black figure that looked like the shadow of a person standing over the cage. Horrified, I threw the covers over my head and began yelling at whatever it was to go away. Eventually, I fell asleep and woke up in the morning to find that my hamster had died. Remembering the black, faceless figure, I questioned, had I just seen death or something more sinister? As time went by, the feeling of negative presence had not passed, and rather, it had intensified. Things began moving more frequently, and often I would wake up in the middle of the night fearful of the return of this black mass. After a few months of intense paranoia, I did what any normal person would do. I found a friendly Wiccan on Tumblr and asked what to do. Don't you just love the internet? This person informed me that the onslaught of sadness and anger I had been feeling from being an angsty teen who had just lost a close relative and pet, in addition to showing an interest in the occult, was actually an invitation for darker spirits to feed on my energy and wreak havoc. Immediately, I had begun to cover every mirror in sight, and she listed those as a possible portal, and I promptly saved cleansed my entire life. Soon enough, it seemed like the sinister spirit had left up until recently. After about six years have passed, it seems like something has returned, which came to me as no surprise given the negative and chaotic energy that had been radiating from my sister who has recently been staying with us and is also six months pregnant. The most recent activity is sort of the same as before, frequent apparitions, things moving or going missing, and then miraculously turning up. But now my sister's dog will randomly bark, something he only ever does if he sees a person he does not know, and will stare into our living room, tilting his head in confusion. In addition, more recently, I've been touched, heard whispers and laughs, had had my hand grabbed, and will randomly feel the air around me become ice cold. These specific experiences happen both inside and outside, but only at my house. Long story short, I have spent the last week alternating between listening to your podcast and then cleansing. Hopefully this can turn into a happy haunting instead of another visit with death. 
Thanks for reading. Stay spooky. And she gave an update and said, as an update to my previous paranormal encounters, our house is still haunted. The spirits definitely don't feel as sinister as they once did, but they're certainly still here. Mostly because I think I've scared myself into warding off any possible bad spirits at all costs. Previously, I had noticed an increase in bad and dark energy while my sister, who lives with me, was pregnant. All animals in the house would react to this energy, and you could really just feel it. In October, my nephew was born, and it seems like the spirits took a vacation. My nephew is two months old now, and I think he may have the same sensitivities to spirits as I have. And as my nephew has gotten older, it seems like the activity is slowly returning. How considerate of the spirits. My nephew is not a really happy baby, and I love him, but he's a total Scorpio. So when he's really happy and smiley, we tend to notice. So when he began to lift his head and stare in the direction of the dark living room and smiling and laughing, I thought it was particularly weird. He's usually only ever interested in light and motion, so why would a dark room that no one ever goes into be interesting to him? Probably because that's the room that the animals also react to, and I believe that the paranormal activity in my house manifests. Just your normal haunted house, and I'm just a witch living in it. I'm learning to coexist with the spirits and hope that I can maintain an equal balance of calm and chaos. I received a weird sign from the universe that I'm not sure is paranormal, but it's definitely spooky. I work in human services, and I assist adults with mental illness and dual diagnosis diagnoses. One day, I was sitting in the waiting room with one of my peers, and this person walks up to me and just stares at me. I'm reading my book and trying not to react because people who are usually doing this are just looking at my tattoos. Stupidly, I make eye contact with this person, and they say, Are you a witch? At this point, a mother with a baby is grasping her child and staring at me like I am Satan in the flesh, and my peer is trying not to laugh hysterically at me. I say, yes, are you? And they said, yes, but mostly dark magic. I'm interested in the Freemasons. For another moment, this person looked at me and said, I can see the light in you. I can tell you're a good person. Shocked, as a person who's wearing all black and has severe depression but generally tries to be positive and kind, I say, thank you. And the person just turns around and leaves. I get a lot of odd interactions with, with people, but this was the most bizarre. Thank you for reading. I'm sure I'll have more spooky stories to share soon. Happy haunting, Allie. <sighs> the poor hamster in the beginning. I know. Makes me so sad that his little sick body was also being terrorized by this dark, evil entity. Well, I was wondering like two things. Like, did the dark entity, the dark mass that was like in the house, give the hamster a tumor? Uh, or yeah. was it just death coming to collect the hamster and death is a scary entity? I don't know. I was kind of thinking the first one, but I'd almost rather it just be death coming. 100%. You don't want a dark entity that's able to create a tumor. I mean, it Certainly. happens. We hear about stuff. We've yeah. gotten emails like that. But I am slightly concerned, too, just about, I don't know, her sister, her, her pregnant sister being in the home with some darkness and why has it returned i mean she said that her nephew who's now two months or well that was december is now right. a toddler like a, a alive and baby is is a human what am i saying yes that, yeah that but he's is open like, to paranormal like, he's totally in tune with it right and i mean children already are way more open to it so like that would be something to return for and maybe since Allie had cleansed the space before he was born maybe they disappeared and then when he was born again 
and he he is now acknowledging them, which kind of gives them more power. Now they're back. That's what scares me. But Allie does seem to be like she's she seems to be getting more or better equipped as time goes on, like meeting the right people, understanding how she should be responding to this. Totally. I mean, the fact that that other person even recognized the positivity in her. I mean, as weird of an interaction as that was, that's a really cool, good thing to be told. Right. Okay. Well, thank you guys all for emailing us. This is amazing. We wouldn't be able to do encounters without you. So, yeah. So if you have any ghost stories of your own, please email them to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. And then please, 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 please rate and review us on iTunes. It's very important. Um, And it means a lot to us. And we're in September now, so we're so close to Halloween. So just tell everybody who wants to get in the spooky spirit, even if they're not normally a ghost story loving group, (laughs) to, to give us a listen for this upcoming season. Please do. You can also support us in a variety of other ways. You can uh, buy merch. You can join our Patreon. Mm-hmm. You can join our Facebook group and follow us on yeah, Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And just get involved or whatever, man. Whatever you feel. And we will see you, see you on, on the other, other side. side.